1: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
2: Welcome back to the Believe in Indianapolis Colts podcast, everybody. We are your hosts, Jake Arthur, here alongside Zach Hicks. And we are on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? Never miss an episode of the show by subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. We'd also love it if you give us a five-star rating if you're enjoying the show, and please review as well. Thank you for joining us, everyone. Luckily, every time a show drops, something is going on with the Colts, whether it's news, rumors, whatever. Something's always coming down the pipe. Uh, so we've definitely got plenty to talk about today. If you didn't catch our last couple episodes on the 2020 Colts offense and defense, respectively, you want to be sure to check those out.
0: Hey, uh, number one
2: sports season. podcast in Spain. Hey, yeah, <laughs> we're we're hot, we're hot as hell in Spain, guys. We were like number the number nine football podcast or something.
0: All eight legit. people in Spain who like sports. <laughs> And it was weird because we were like
2: <laughs> the first or second one that was actually in English. So I was like, damn, I don't know who in Spain is listening to us, but keep it up. I like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so today we're, uh, we're going to throw 2020 in the rearview mirror and we're going to look ahead to the 2021 offseason because that's all anyone online has been talking about recently. Uh, before we do that, let's go ahead and hear from our sponsor. The Super Bowl is here, and you can get in on all the action at betonline.ag. The Super Bowl is obviously one of the busiest betting days of the annual sports calendar, and we're going to be partaking in that heavy this year for sure. Tampa Bay, they're the first team in history to play for the title on their home field, and they're currently a three-point underdog. They're going against the Kansas City Chiefs, who are looking for back-to-back titles for the first time in almost two decades.
0: Bet Online has hundreds of props on the game, including Game MVP, the margin of victory, and even the length of the national anthem. <laughs> Always available online okay. or on your mobile device. Visit Bet Online today. Bet Online, your online sports book experts.
2: All right. So on the show today, uh, we've got Colts Cap Kyle from Twitter. Uh, he is the Colts salary cap expert. We'll go ahead and get you that conversation here shortly. Uh, but in the meantime, we're just going to talk about uh, the team itself, kind of run through some of the changes and some of the things that might be changing this offseason. Uh, first and foremost, the coaching carousel. My God. Uh, <laughs> offensive coordinator Nick Sirianni left to go be the Philadelphia Eagles new head coach, and he got roasted from his first press conference. But honestly, it was the biggest day of the guy's life. He... And Philadelphia is a tough crowd, like, number one. But seriously, for, for the media members there in Philly, he's right away going to be one of their favorite coaches they've talked to. I mean, for, I, I know as a member of the Colts media, he's he's arguably the best person you want to talk to every week. He always gives such insightful answers. He's, he's a loose dude. He just, you know, he, he likes to have a good time, so brush that press conference off, and everybody just needs to not, not focus on that at
0: all. Dude, um, first radio or first podcast appearance I've been on, dude, I can barely get through a word, like, one word without being, like, uh, um, um. Uh, like, it, it happens. Like, it's oh, his yeah. first head coaching job. He's right there in front of one of the tough- toughest uh, media markets in the whole world in Philadelphia. Like, mm-hmm. that's insane. So, I don't blame him. And honestly, what he, what happened wasn't even that bad. He was just... Like, nervously stumbling over his words. Like, it wasn't even like he lost track of what he was saying or just stood there. Like, he just was repeating stuff that he was saying and kind of stuttering a little bit. Like, it really wasn't that a big deal. So I would have, too. I got that Michael Scott shit going on. I'm like... (laughs) I just start
2: talking and hope I catch it somewhere along the way, but often I don't. Like
0: <laughs> that's what you had me to interrupt you for. That's what. You yeah,
2: exactly. That's thank God I've got a co-host now, Jesus. <laughs> but <laughs> sliding into uh, Sirianni's slot as offensive coordinator is Marcus Brady. Uh, he was formerly the quarterbacks coach. He's he's a real interesting um, move there for them. Former CFL quarterback and coach. Uh, his old spot is being taken by yet another CFL coach, uh, Scott Milanovich. He's got NFL roots. He knows Frank Reich. Uh, running backs coach Tom Rathman is retiring, uh, apparently has wanted to the past couple of years, but has been convinced to stay. Uh, he's been so good for, for the Colts running back group, uh, especially ball security, helping make sure that they're adequate blockers on third down, things like that. Uh, word is out there uh, from the boys at uh, For the Culture Podcast that Scotty Montgomery from Maryland uh, might be taking that spot. They've been dead on all offseason. Uh, kudos to those guys. There's been a lot of just total BS out there lately, and these guys have been nailing it. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and, and trust what they're saying for now. Um, so, yeah, that's the new running backs coach. Uh, Jason Michael was the Colts tight ends coach. He is out of there, uh, replaced by Clayton Adams, who was the assistant offensive line coach. He is being replaced by uh, Kevin Mawai, who I believe is a Hall of Fame center. Uh, He's made it a Hall of Fame, didn't he? Yep, drafted by Howard Mudd. Yeah, there you go. So he uh, he spent some time at Arizona State with Herm Edwards. He's now with the Colts, helping out uh, Chris Strasser, the offensive line coach. Kevin Patullo, who was the passing game coordinator. He's out of there as well, joining Nick Sirianni's staff. Uh, Press Taylor is now in that slot with the Colts. Jonathan Gannon, who is a very talented, uh, defensive backs coach. He's out. Uh, he is the, I think, defensive coordinator with Siriani now, right? Yeah. He got, uh, he got that bump
0: up, the defensive coordinator.
2: Yeah. He, uh, he became a hot name lately. Um, everybody but, won. It. Everybody yeah. There, there's a, yeah. Not. There was a few teams looking at him for a uh, defensive coordinator. So the writing was on the wall that he probably was not coming back to the Colts. Uh, James Rowe, uh, is that the the reported replacement there for him?
0: Yes, uh, it's official. He uh, the, the Colts announced it, I think, two or three days ago. Okay. He's the official uh, defensive back coach there. Yep. And then uh, assistant special
2: teams coordinator Frankie Ross, he is now taking over as the special teams coordinator in Houston. Uh, so you, you are someone who usually knows a little bit about every coach that comes through. Uh, what, what's, uh, what do you got on these guys that are joining the Colts?
0: All right. So just going down the list, Marcus Brady and Scott Milanovic, obviously CFL guys, uh, in 2018 Yeah, tw- no, 20, 2017 or 2018. I can't remember which one, uh, they won the CFL grade cup with, uh, Toronto Argonauts. Uh, I think Brady was the offensive coordinator and Milanovic was the head coach. So. A little bit of role reversal now as Brady's offense coordinator still and is the quarterback coach, but really cool stuff that those guys are bringing some CFL stuff over to uh, the NFL. And also Brady last year was offense coordinator for, I want to say the West team in the East West Shrine Bowl. Uh, maybe the East. I can't remember which one, but you know what? I think it was, I think it was the East team because James Morgan, the FIU quarterback. Oh, yep. Uh, so yeah, I think it was the East team. He was offense coordinator. Uh, so he, you know, he, he's been offense coordinator in a role recently. It was just, you know, shrine game thing, not like a, an actual team, but, uh, Scott in Montgomery, uh, actually has a lot of a background as a wide receiver coach, uh, through ECU. And I believe through, I think he was a head coach at a school too, for a while back. So he's got some coaching experience from wide receiver coach to head coach, done a lot of things. Uh, Clayton Adams, we all know, you know, he has that big, those ties with Chris Drosser, uh, Strawser did a lot of the same things where when he was at Boise, he moved over to a tight end coach for a little bit, moved over to tight end coach, I think, with Washington for a bit. So he's kind of doing that, a lot of that career arc that, that Strawser did, which is really cool to see. Uh, Press Taylor is a guy that uh, don't talk to an Eagles fan about him. Eagles <laughs> fans absolutely hate him. Uh, I don't think he's nearly as bad. I, I think there was a lot of scapegoats with with the Eagles. You know, uh, Mike Groh is one of them. And then after Mike Groh got fired and came to Indy, Press Taylor became the scapegoat. And that's kind of how it went. Uh, there's a really nice interview with uh, Fran Duffy on uh, the Eagle's YouTube channel with Press Taylor. Uh, you can tell he's a really smart young guy. And honestly, it's not a huge role either. So there's no reason to get upset about this. I think just another good voice in the room that Frank Wright trusts. Nice. Uh, so that's a good one. Uh, James Rowe, though, I think is my personal favorite because uh, I actually reached out to, uh, you know, for my prospect interview series that I do with uh Stampede Blue I reached out to uh first team All-American corner Shamar Gene Charles who actually played for Roe this past year at Appalachian State Mm -hmm. uh really really good corner guys that you guy that you really want to watch in the draft but he was talking to me on the on the phone the other day and he was saying that Roe is by far and away the smartest football guy he's ever been around like just in terms of studying film with these guys, like breaking down passing concepts, stuff that they never noticed on film. He's great at doing that stuff with them. And then on top of that, he added that Roe is one of the, uh, just best people he's ever met too. Like he, he actually got them all doing like finance stuff and, and filling and like showing them how to fill out taxes and stuff. Like really just helping them become better men uh, was behind them when they had did this like unity March thing uh, with, with that on the campus as well. Uh just, Seems like a guy who's going to fit in perfectly with the culture with the Colts and also uh, just a great coach overall. So uh, super excited about that. Also, he loves Kenny Moore, just like all of us do. Uh, Uh I I asked Shamar, I was like, did he ever, you know, show you Kenny Moore stuff? He was like, hell yeah, man. He showed me Kenny Moore stuff all the time. He talked about him every day. Like that was his guy. (laughs) Because Roe was also Kenny Moore's coach at Valdos Valdos State back Uh in uh, 2015. So he has a relationship with Kenny Moore. Uh, and then he brought that to Washington in 2017, 2018, Washington Redskins back then. Uh, and then uh, to Appalachian State in 2019. So he's a really smart coach, been around. Uh, coached Kenny before. I think that was an A-plus hiring right there. I think that's my favorite hiring uh, when it comes to coaches. But uh, I, I really like what they did with the groups. You know, I, I don't know m- too much about Scotty Montgomery. I like some of his background. Kevin Moway is obviously kind of new into coaching. Uh, but a lot of these other guys, you know, getting picking brains from CFL. Getting Press Taylor over, who has NFL blood and and has been with a successful team in the past. Getting Roe over, who's a really smart guy. I I really like a lot of these coaching adjustments. I don't think it's going to be like we're not going to see like a major drop off in this offense or defense due to these assistant coaches. I think they're going to be fine. And we're going to pick up kind of where where both sides of the ball were this past year.
2: Yeah, a lot of those guys that have moved on were with the Colts two, three years. So they've left their mark on those players and in the building.
0: It's it's not going to be such a bad thing to get some new minds in there. So that yeah. that should help. It and the one thing like, I want to yeah. add to about uh, the Rathman thing mm-hmm. people are getting really upset about Rathman leaving. And it's because the fumble thing, right? Everyone talks about Colts running backs have fumbled three times since 2018 or something. Right. I don't like, I get it. A coach can be on you about fumbling.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But at the end of the day, <laughs> like a coach isn't going to take the ball to your hand before every snap. You know, like, right. Like, yeah, he can instill it in your mind that fumbling's horrible. But like, I don't think that's a huge correlation thing to a running back coach to fumbling. Now, if you want to talk about the steps that Marlon Mack took from his rookie year to uh, 2019 and, and Niam Hines from his rookie year to now, perfectly fine. I think those things need to go to Raffin, but those are whoever they are now already. Like Raffin's already got them up to that level. It's not like Raffin leaving. they drop back down to the rookie level, you know. So I think Rathman did what he did. Developed those two guys perfectly, even though Max is likely to leave in this offseason, season. But Hines got up there, got a year with Taylor, perfect, uh, and you know it, it was the perfect time for him to step away. So I don't, I don't, I don't see them like this next year just fumbling every single time. No, come. like not that's at all. that's not what the running running back coach isn't like. <laughs> yeah, he puts your God into them to to not fumble, but it's not like you know like they're <laughs> it's not like that. You know, I don't know. I, I don't see them just. You know, having 20 fumbles this year because he's right. like not that big of a change in my opinion.
2: Yeah, he was a stickler for it and he's instilled in them like what they need to know now. But I think it was important what you said. I I think something he's done best is take young guys and help them get to running with their instincts again. Because it it's obviously so intimidating going to the NFL. You just want to kind of follow what you're told by the coaches. You want to follow what the play says, this and that. I've, I've noticed these guys developing into runners who actually use their instincts. Marlon Mack was night and day. He became a thousand-yard rusher. Naheem Hines, as you and I have talked about, has become an actual runner. He's not just a pass catcher. And then Jonathan Taylor, first half of the season, just looked like he was doing what he was told. In the second half of the season, looked like a, just a completely different animal, running with his instincts. I, I think he's helped get those guys to that. So he, I think he's a good developmental running backs coach. But you know, the, the the Colts have those guys now. You know, he he's done his work with them. Uh, he'll he'll be missed because he's a very well respected guy in in that building. But you know, he he deserves to to move on and leave now. We'll go ahead and kick off today's episode by playing you our interview with Kyle Raposa, better known as Colts Cap Kyle on Twitter. Here we go. All right, Colts fans, we have got a very special guest with us today. He's one of our own from Colts Twitter. It is Colts Cap Kyle, Kyle Raposa. How are you doing today, brother? Welcome to the show. Good, thanks. How are you? Not too bad. Uh, I was glad we uh, glad we were able to get you on here. You definitely, uh, out of Colts Twitter, you definitely have found your niche. You are like the cap guy. Like, if you ever need to know something about the salary cap or free agency, whatever, you are the man for it. You've even got coltscap.com. That's that's the correct website, right? Yeah. coltscap.com. Okay. Yeah, so everyone, you'll want to probably stay tuned to that, as well as his uh, Twitter handle throughout the offseason. That is, let me pull it up, because I'm ill-prepared. It's coltscapkyle. I already said that. Don't worry about it. All right. <laughs> so yeah, we're uh, we're basically just uh this episode as we already talked about, we're just kind of diving into the off season now. Free agency is obviously the first monster. That's all people on on Colts Twitter have been talking about basically is free agents and who the Colts can trade for and the quarterbacks and and so on and so forth. Uh so we'll we'll give a little bit of um We'll give a little bit of context to, to some of those situations there. Uh, so Kyle, first and foremost, the big money positions for the Colts, uh, quarterback, they have Philip Rivers and Jacoby Brissett both coming off the books. Uh, both were making north of, north of 20 million a year. So what kind of freedom does that give the Colts now without those two guys, but still needing a quarterback? Like what kind, what kind of market might they be in now?
3: Yeah, they really have – they have the money to do anything they want, really, um, between Perfect. Costanzo's Perfect. retirement we and – <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. All the money to do everything we need. There yeah. we go. You, There's you, of no course, player
2: to
1: get.
0: We leave it at that. We leave it at that. They have all the money they need. No,
2: Yeah, you love <laughs> to have ahead. to pay a left tackle and a quarterback in the same offseason. That's pretty tight. Yeah. Yeah,
3: That's I mean, it. amongst the teams that have all the cap space, it's them – the Jaguars, who obviously have the number one pick and everybody kind of knows where they're likely going to go. Uh, the Jets, who have the number two pick. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then the Patriots, who also need a quarterback. So, um, you know, they have the money to make whatever move they, they need to make, but it's just a matter of, uh, you know, whatever that's going to be. But I mean, I have them right now. We're all kind of assuming what the cap's going to come in at because nobody, you know, with all the uncertainties uh i'm just estimating at the floor so the 175 uh-huh. um and that leaves them at about 66.5 million currently so yeah
0: have you seen the reports of the 185 that's been going out recently you saw it
3: yeah i saw a 180 number earlier in the week and then today someone mentioned 185 um so it's probably in the colts benefit the lower it is frankly because that hurts yeah, the because animals.
0: Yeah. yeah, they'll be the only ones who could spend. Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely.
3: So the lower it gets, the more it hurts other teams and will cause them to release players that they actually want and put more on the market and also drive down the prices on players because there's just not much available. Um,
2: yeah. Do uh do the Colts – you always got to look at bad contracts and, and guys who want to offload, and there's like the, the June 1st cut date and things like that. The Colts don't usually carry many bad contracts – I mean, Brissette's deal coming off the books is, is very beneficial to them with him being a backup. Uh, but do they have any, do they have any contracts on there that they might want to look at, you know, cut, cutting off, cutting loose?
3: Probably not. The one I questioned in season was Jack Doyle. Yeah. He's got a cap number of 5.85 million. So almost six million. And there's only, uh, 1.5 million in dead money, if you were. Uh you know cut or traded so it only saves about 4 million if it came down to you know say you had to spend big on a quarterback you spent 20 30 plus for something that came up and you also spent big on a you know another position a tackle or a pass rusher or something like that you know it came down to it you know you're in a crunch that that may be something Um, him and Glowinski were the two guys I kind of looked at but they're both not overpaid. they're just you know did Jack's play warrant probably a five point nine million
1: dollar cap number this year, <laughs> Probably yeah. not, but
0: yeah, I mean if your worst contracts are two capable starters that yeah. aren't making like an exorbitant amount, you know they're not making like twelve thirteen fourteen million they're making I think what you said Doyle's five point nine I think glows is like around seven or eight, right, yeah, it's right? seven and a half, yeah, so yeah, those
3: they have six million, but yeah. yeah. Before Castanza retired, I thought that'd be a possibility because Pinter might have been the guy they replaced. They drafted mm-hmm. with an idea of replacing Glowinski. But, you know, with that hole at left tackle, do you really want to have two spots? that you have question marks at when you, instead of one for saving a little bit of money?
2: Yeah, that, that's exactly what I was going to say, Zach. If, if you're kind of reaching and trying to find your worst contracts and those are it, then that's, you know, you're probably in pretty good shape. Uh, they do have a couple important free agents coming up, though, that are probably going to command pretty decent money. T.Y. Hilton, I, I don't think they're at a point yet in their receiving core where they really are wanting him to go anywhere. And then Xavier Rhodes had kind of a redemption season last year. Both those guys are, are probably going to be wanting around $10 million or so more. You know, uh, do, do you have any projections for what they might command and how realistic it, it might be for the Colts to bring them back?
1: Yeah,
3: Rhodes is probably the tougher one just because of the the cat being down. Um you know, he's amongst the top at cornerback. The age is is definitely a factor. Um he's probably going to command 10 to 15. I I I could see 12 to 15 if somebody really sees him as a you know, as this year bringing him back to form.
0: Mm-hmm. Have you seen a uh, Spotracs projection form? It's like Six point something or seven point something, I think. For no, it might be eight. I think it's eight is what they have for him, like two years, 16 is what their projection is for him.
3: Yeah, that feels low. I saw PFF projected him re signing for like three for 30. Yeah, which still feels low. It feels
0: like because at least when I look at it, right, you know, there, there's some good, interesting corners on the market. You know, Shaq Griffin's out there, he's interesting. Akella Witherspoon, Witherspoon, Pat Peterson, Richard Sherman. I feel like Rhodes is the top guy, though, out of all of that. You know, maybe maybe we're just a little biased because we watched him all year. But like, I feel like he's going to be getting that. He's going to be the one who gets that twelve to fifteen or something a year, which yeah, he's probably banking on.
2: I wouldn't mind Patrick Peterson for the right price, but age and how much of his price tag is going to be on prior reputation? You know, I, I think he still would be a quality player, and you probably wouldn't you probably wouldn't have much of a dip going from Rhodes to Peterson. But, you know, exactly how much. And then you and I have talked about Richard Sherman. I, like for the past, <laughs> like seven years, I haven't been able to get myself on board with Richard Sherman. But Witherspoon, uh, you met, recently talked about that. that. That was a pretty good one. I, I'm intrigued by that. Uh, yeah. William Jackson is, is my guy. And I, I genuinely don't know what that contract's going to look like. Because if you look at some of the analytics and like PFF and stuff, they have loved him for a decent portion of, of his career and he's graded out really well. Uh, but he's not, he doesn't seem to be projected to be one of those real expensive guys this off season. And if that's the case, I would, I'd go right for him.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's a couple of interesting guys, but uh, I know Kyle, I, I believe it's you, Kyle. That's been, uh, you know, just hammering the table for a, for Ty Hilton to come back all offseason, I know you've you've always been a big Ty guy. What, what what do you think he gets contract wise this offseason? I know it's a it's a loaded receiver group. It, it's loaded in, in mm. receiver this class.
3: It is. Uh, so I was originally projecting somewhere around like three years, thirty six. So maybe around twelve a year okay. was in season what I was thinking. Um, and then after researching the class a little more, and with the down cap, I mean I think somewhere between. Ten eleven twelve is kind of a fair number. um I think with him, as long as they give him a respectable offer, it'd be hard for not to see him coming back i i I liken it a lot to like that last Wayne contract the year mm-hmm. Pagano took over, which was way lower than I thought it was, thinking back it was like three years for eighteen million.
0: Let's get Hilton for that. I like yeah. that. let's get.
3: That'd be nice. but probably a little unrealistic, but yeah, yeah. I feel like as long as you don't give him an insulting offer and give him something that shows some respect for what he's done and is not like, you know, I think he knows he's not going to get 20 million like Chris Godwin's going to get, but yeah, um, just as long as it's not insulting and it's a pretty reasonable offer, I don't see any reason why they can't figure something out.
2: That's where I'm at too. Cause I think it was the 2019 season That he said he only wants one more contract and he'd like to stay here. Obviously, now that was a year and a half ago. So who knows what has changed since since then? But I agree. I I think as long as they don't totally lowball him or tell him to you know kick rocks, that he'll they'll they'll work something out. And I think he's loved so much in that building, they'll figure something out. You know, if if, if they know it's just one more deal. I mean, look what they did for like Adam Vinatieri, for example. (laughs) <laughs> um, like, so yeah we uh again free agency it's going to be an interesting off season with all this are, are there any like bargain free agents the, the Colts always get some of these cheap guys that wind up paying big dividends on the field for them do you have anyone circled like that who you think might be a little cheaper that might be able to perform at a higher level for them
3: I found a couple names out there that just kind of jumped out that fit similar to like guys that they've been after that fit roles. Um, one was, and these are like, you know, lower end guys, kind of like your Danico Autry when he came in. Uh-huh. They're probably going to come even cheaper this year just because of the lower cap. Um Some of those names were Jalen Mills who split between corner safety. They've like some hybrid guys like that. Mm-hmm. Um I think he did. What did he do? He was split, went to safety this year and played corner previously.
0: And he was with Reich and Philly there for a bit. Yeah. So there's that connection. <laughs>
3: Yeah. Um, one that stood out was uh, Trent Murphy, kind of a larger defensive end type. That's a good um, one. Yeah. If they
0: can't get Autry back, that's a good one. Like, yeah. yeah,
1: he's,
3: uh,
0: he's
1: still to that role.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I covered him for a bit in Washington. He's he's a powerful dude. And although he didn't really play too much there in, in uh, Buffalo this, this past year, because I think they had Ibanez and all those other guys that came in, like he'd be a good fit here for that's like a a base starting defensive end, you know? I think yeah, like two. I've heard those sides. I feel like I've heard buzz
2: with Murphy before in previous free agent stuff. Yeah. That would make sense.
3: And with this edge class, I mean, you're probably looking at him slightly above the minimum, you know, maybe two, three million.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah, Yeah. no, I can't imagine he gets much more than that after, because like, I don't think he played too much this past year. So, yeah, I don't imagine he gets much more than that.
3: Yeah. And Buffalo has a fairly similar scheme, somewhat. Mm-hmm. And then there's a couple receivers, depending on how that shakes out. One was Isaiah McKenzie from Buffalo. Yes,
0: I circled that Mm -hmm. one, too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, after he toasted Miami in that last week to help us get in the playoffs, I was really circling (laughs) that one. Yeah,
1: Yeah.
3: I looked at guys kind of like, you know, we all like Campbell's upside still. But I think it's hard to count on him to be like in a starting role just based on the last few years. So you're almost bringing somebody in that's like a speed yak kind of receiver that can almost compete with him in a way or that has that role if, you know, Campbell can't do it and play 16 games. So that's why his name kind of stood out.
0: Yeah. And, well, and when you look at what the Colts need, even say they bring back Hilton, right? Hilton's still not what he was where he can beat any single corner who lines up across him deep. Like, you know, that that's just not his game anymore. He's a great route runner still. He wins over like everywhere with the route running. Uh, Michael Pittman can get down the field, but he's not uh, what I would call a speed demon either. Marcus Johnson's now with the Titans. Uh, they don't really have that that deep threat unless you know Campbell becomes what we hope. So, getting someone who's like Isaiah McKenzie, who's a burner, like an absolute burner, a great speed guy, uh, would definitely be huge for this offense. They they need they need more speed uh, at the receiver position. They got the speed in the running backs. They don't really have that with the receivers right now. Absolutely. And with, with Jim say saying pretty
2: similar uh, similar sentiments, I think that's going to get done. <laughs> when, yeah, when, it, was, when it comes from the top, I think that means it's going to get done. Yeah.
3: Um, there's one other I like, too, that's kind of had a, a lesser role than he kind of deserves, I think, over his, his time there.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And that was uh, David Moore in Seattle.
0: Oh, okay. I Ooh, thought you were going to like, say John Ross when you were like saying that. but yeah, yeah, David Moore. I like that. David Moore's yeah. a good one. He's always been a favorite of
2: Russell Wilson, just never been a big part of the, the game plan. It seems.
3: Yeah. And they're pretty stacked there. So I thought he might be someone that could hit the market and probably not get top dollar with the the receivers that are in free agency and it could be a bargain there. Yeah.
2: yeah that's not bad. That's, that's a potentially interesting one there. We, we've talked about it before you mentioned it with, with Campbell. I think they love what they have in him, but they just can't count on it. Like, I think it would be nice if he pans out, but they have to move forward without putting their eggs in that basket.
0: Yeah. I got one to throw out as well, though. I got one to throw out for you guys. Um, we know that Ballard, when it comes to offensive linemen, he loves freak athletes, like just absolute freak athletes, big guys. Um, I would say keep an eye on Roderick Johnson from from Houston. Uh, absolute oh, yeah. freak athlete, huge size, uh, gets out in space really well. I think his size is comparable to like Ronnie Stanley and stuff like that. Um, but he was their swing tackle the last two years, but like, you know, he's not an elite player by any means. He's more of like that average left tackle, but you know, the Colts want to go cheap at offensive lines. I know Kyle's been talking a little bit about this on Twitter, uh, that you can't pay everybody on that offensive line top dollar. You know, you can't have Kelly making the most center money ever. Then you have Nelson coming in, making the most lineman money ever. And then you have Braden Smith gonna make the most right tackle money. You can't go and get like a Trent Williams on top of that. You know, I know a lot of people. A lot of people are saying Colts go get Trent Williams. No, doesn't make (laughs) any sense to me because you're going to be paying everybody else. You, we, we saw with Jared Valdir and Will Holden, you know, for two and a half games last year that you could put an average guy there Mm -hmm. and be fine. And I think Roger Johnson's that type where he's he's a good run blocker. He's a powerful player. He does have some lapses with his footwork in in pass protection. That's why he's not going to be. Much more than maybe like two or three million dollars a year at best. Like that, that's like an absolute best contract for him because he's a swing tackle for the Texans. So he's not going to get a huge contract. Uh I think that's the type of guy. He's a younger guy, athletic, big, physical. Uh, I I think it's the type of guy where you could put him at left tackle for at least a year, see what you got. And he's next to Quentin Nelson. You can give him some help on the edge, like they did with Brayden Smith in 2018. I I really like that fit. I I haven't heard anything. I don't know if that's going to be someone they go after, but I really like that fit. I hope they go after you know, a cheap left tackle type that can at least be a decent swing if they need them to be.
2: Yeah, I, I kind of thought the plan might be to sign a veteran free agent who they would feel safe starting uh, during the year if they couldn't find someone in the draft that they were ready to plug and play, which, you know, who, who, that that's such a crapshoot finding a tackle. You want to start right away. Yeah. You another know, guy
0: too at left tackle. I know I keep cutting you off here. Jay. Oh you're good. <laughs> another, <laughs> you're good. Another guy at left tackle too. Uh if we're gonna go for actual ties with coaches and stuff, if if the cap is at one seventy five or even lower than that somehow, but that's going to be the floor, I think one seventy five. Uh teams like the Bears and stuff are tight against the cap. We could see them cut like a Charles Leno Junior, I think is his name, their yeah. their left tackle. Mm-hmm. He actually played for Strasser at Boise back in the day. Long time ago, but he did play for Strasser at Boise. He's been a very solid tight end his whole or a t- tackless career. Not not great by any means, but that's going with what you said there. Getting a veteran who can be adequate. I mean, Leno fits that bill perfectly. So if he gets cut, that's definitely a guy that I would keep an eye on. I think that could be a very easy target for them.
2: Yeah, th- I think that'd be kind of a modest signing. Like a lot of people know that name, but he, no one's ever going to bring him up as like the upper yeah. echelon. And I, I think if you're even looking at flashier, it, flashier on the cheaper side, you're probably looking at like Russell Okung or Alejandro Villanueva, who I don't I don't know would ever leave
0: Pittsburgh really. But man, if you watch any of Carl Lawson film last year, even mm-hmm. Villanueva was horrible. <laughs> I don't know how he did <laughs> in the other games. He he did good against Justin Houston, right. But.
2: <laughs> I feel like I've always yeah. seen Villanueva do well, but I mean, Carl Gave Lawson like, is someone we've talked about. That that's like our darling.
0: I think, <laughs> I think you give eleven quarterback hits in two games against Lawson this year. Jeez, oh, well. And like, bad. I found one
3: other. I found one name that kind of stood out in looking up some other ones. So Tampa only has uh, roughly eleven million
2: projected under the cap, mm-hmm. but they have Godwin and Shaq Barrett to sign.
0: Shaq Barrett's an interesting
2: one. Bring me Shaq Barrett. That that <laughs> was another name rumored after he was leaving Denver. Yeah. A lot of a lot of people wanted Shaq Barrett here to see, hey, maybe he can develop. And then he did go to Tampa and exploded. So you know, Wasn't now that he has exploded. He was, too small? was he small? I, he, he,
1: I
3: was hurt not...
2: he was hurt a lot in Denver too, I think. Yeah. 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 Um,
3: but a possible tackle. So if they were to re sign those two guys. Um, who knows what their plans are, but uh, a big cut candidate of theirs is Donovan Smith.
1: Mm. Yeah. yeah. I like he, has,
3: he has a $14 million contract with no guarantee. Yeah. So if they needed to clear cap to bring in, to keep Godwin and Shaq, that's a possible because there's not much there for left tackle. Um, but if a guy like that got cut, I mean, you're probably looking at a modest, I don't know, one year, 6 million, 7 million, maybe something in that range.
0: Yeah, he has flashes of good, flashes of bad, but that's all you need on this Colts line. Like, honestly, I will, I'm a huge offensive line guy. I love offensive line play. I'll always stand for getting good offensive linemen, but you don't need it right now. And you can't afford, you can't, you don't want to pay for, you don't want to use all your salary cap up on just the offensive line when you're already going to be doing that here with three guys for the foreseeable future. So.
2: Yeah, and I I think the Colts would like to to get the ball out of the quarterback's hands quickly anyways, especially with whoever comes in next, because there's a chance it could be a younger guy. There's a chance it could be a guy who's not that great. So someone who can run block, and then they'll get the ball out of the quarterback's hands quickly. So they, like you said, they can't sink money into every single offensive line slot. You know, if they're spending decent money this offseason, it's probably at quarterback on – you know, someone capable of, of getting them through 16 games, maybe an edge rusher. I think we, we all would think that'd be nice. And mm-hmm. then, again, Jim Merce spoke about, you know, some some outside weapons, you know, uh, maybe a pretty good tight end or a wide receiver. So it, I always find it hard to believe Chris Ballard would throw that much money into an exterior position, but maybe that happens this offseason.
0: Yeah. And then, Kyle, I don't – this might be our last question. I don't know how much time we got left, but – um. When you're looking at these edge position guys, these pass rushers, because we all know Ballard's going to go hard after a pass rusher. Who are the guys that you got circled for this offseason here at pass rusher? There's a lot. All of them? Like, all of them? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there, there's a lot.
3: <laughs> uh Depending on how much, I mean, you got Shaq Barrett. We just talked about. Carl Lawson's been brought up. Those would both be great ones. Uh Romeo Okwara, Hassan Reddick. I think Leonard Floyd is one that could become yeah. one of the Rams. Just made a big play. They they kind of capped out. Um,
0: he had a big year this year too.
3: Yeah, he kind of had a bounce back year. And Gakway. But Dupree's got the injury, so maybe he comes a little cheaper.
0: Yeah, uh, a little discount there. I could see all those guys being targets for him. They're all explosive and fairly lengthy too. Like Aguara's explosive, lengthy. Bud Dupree's explosive and strong. Like they they there's a lot of guys that fit that Ballard mold.
3: Yeah, Matt Judon, Trey Hendrickson, Melvin Ingram, I mean, there's a lot.
2: Yeah,
0: it's a great yeah. year to want an exterior
2: pass rusher, that is for sure. We just Especially can't since out. The, the Colts have three free agents of their own, and, and Justin Houston, Dineen Gawatri, and Al-Kadeen Muhammad. Mm-hmm. Three guys out, it's a deep pool this year. So maybe you can bring a couple of those guys back and then
0: get you something else shiny uh, as an upgrade outside of the organization. So They need it. They need They need another go-to pass rusher besides Buckner, like a guy who, like Houston was good for two to three really good rushes a game. You need more than that on the outside, you know, like if you get a guy like Yannick, uh, who the Colts have seen his whole, twice a year, his entire career, you know what he is, you know what he can bring as a pass rusher. I think that's, that's a perfect fit for them as well. So there's a lot of options. They can't come out of this with just like Ryan Kerrigan. Or Melvin Ingram, like there yeah. need you need to come out of this with a legit guy like difference maker who can do something for you. Yeah, it's uh,
2: Zoom is telling me we're about out of time because I don't have the pro, <laughs> pro version. There's three of us here, uh, but I was curious, Kyle. Uh, I mean, you're you're always so up on the cap and everything. What got you into that? Do you have like an accounting or finance background? How, how do you get so fascinated in that?
3: I don't. I just always I don't know. I always like numbers, and then. Uh... Just kind of something that was interesting and became a hobby. I was, of, was always kind of into numbers and stuff and learned about it on my own. And uh, yeah, I don't know.
2: <laughs> that, that's cool. That that reminds me of, kind of, uh, of Brent, honestly. I um, just, that has that niche in Colt's Twitter. It's just, you know, whatever information comes up, you guys are the guys to go to for it. Did you say Brent? Is what you said? Brent, yeah, of course.
0: Oh, whenever you need like a random connection to some coach back in like high school, yeah. in 1984, Brent knows. Like, I always feel like I do too much research and stuff, like the Charles Leno thing with his <laughs> connection to Strasser. Like, why should I? Why do I know that? I shouldn't. Brent, though, knows like, yeah, like who went to whose baby shower, like in 1980. <laughs> like, that, that's what he knows. It's great. it's great. We We've collabed on his, uh, on his, um, Prospect meeting stuff and prospects, yeah, uh, and like coach connections that we we've collabed on that before. It's great, uh, yeah, no, he, he's great. I love Brent.
2: <laughs> yeah, for sure. Colts Twitter has layers. We uh we got a good thing going there, <laughs> but yeah, boys, uh, got just a few minutes left here on this one. Anybody got anything to add?
3: No, I think one thing, um, just out of the blue, but when writing down some projections on their own, I think one thing to look for that they may be interested in doing. Um, is they have three restricted free agents. Um, Moelly Cox, George Odom, and Pascal. I could see Pascal getting one of those early extensions where they kind of get him cheaper, kind of like they did with Kenny Moore.
0: Mm. Yeah.
3: Just a random kind of prediction out there.
0: Spotrack yeah, has him projected at $9 million a year right now. Is that Wow. Pascal? Yeah. I was like, dude, trade him then if that's what he wants or needs. Like, I, I, I don't, I've talked to him before. I don't, he's not the type of guy who seems like he's going to be pushing for an eight to $9 million contract. I don't think that's even in the realm right there, but if he wants to have much, put like a second round tender on it. (laughs) (laughs) Nah, I I mean
2: the, these last two years he's, he's had the opportunities to be the Colts fringe wide receiver two, wide receiver one. And he's, he's done a really good job. He's that's exactly what he is. Like, I think other teams know that and they're not going to sign him to be like an 80 catch guy. Yeah. Like I, I think he is exact. He does exactly what he needs to for the Colts. And I'm sure, I'm sure he understands that, but he also is going to deserve, he's going to deserve a better contract than getting these, these exclusive rights and like restricted deals, you know, year after year, you know? Yeah. My
1: thought would be like.
0: At, have you looked at uh, early extensions for guys who are free next year yet? Because the one who keeps popping up to me in my head as as a really easy, obvious early extension guy is Naeem Hines. I think that I think that's a very easy one because his value is only going to go up, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you can get him for like a Cohen, like a tree Cohen type contract, I think that's a good call. But other guys that you've kind of looked at who might get because he does it every single season, he gets one early extension uh, before the offseason – season you know, comes around, Grover Stewart, Kenny Moore. Who do you think he he looks at there with with those guys?
3: Yeah, well, there's the three big ones, obviously. Nelson, Leonard, and uh, Smith just became eligible by completing their third year, so I think it's tough. Out of the three, the one you'd probably wait on is Nelson just because the cost can't go up and you have the fifth-year option Mm -hmm. on him, which the fifth-year option, I think, I don't have it in front of me, but it's really high because he meets the highest level it bumped up in the new CBA. So it's at like the franchise tag number. So his fifth year option is, he'd be the one I think it makes sense to wait on. Hmm. Hines, yeah, I would try and get him at like that Cohen level. Eckler came in a little high.
0: Eckler was like seven, I think, right? Yeah. I believe. I I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I even remember thinking Eckler's was okay for the type of back he is. But if you can get Hines in that sweet spot of like, four to six a year like that's real solid for what he does because he's, he's their they're going forward he's their change of pace guy as well along with being their pass catching back
3: yeah for sure that one makes make sense just because it's, it's not exorbitant and he's a he's the kind of guy i think they want to keep around yeah um and then you kind of have to get one of at least one of smith or leonard done just because you only have one franchise tag then if yeah if one of those drags on so you kind of have to play it out that way. But I think there's no doubt those four all stay eventually.
0: Yeah, I don't see any of them going anywhere. Like, maybe if Leonard won something extremely high, maybe, but. He's going to be the. He's the, the face. One. He's like one of the face of the franchise. Like, it's hard to just let that go. So. No.
2: Can, it's gonna be a but... really expensive next couple of years. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah.
0: Hopefully, we get Trey Lance in the draft. We'll talk about that in the other parts of the show. Yeah. Let's get Trey Lance or Justin Fields in the draft, and then we won't have to worry about money anymore because we got a yeah. rookie quarterback.
2: Exactly. Rookie deal. Well, yeah, it's uh, it's ticking down on us. So before it cuts us off, I'll go ahead and cut us off for us. Thanks again for uh, joining us, Kyle. Everybody, I- I'm sure you already are, but you will want to follow him on Twitter at Colts cap Kyle, and check out his website, ColtsCap.com as well to stay up to date on all the Colts salary cap happenings. Thanks again for joining us, man. Yeah, thank you.
0: Angie's list is now Angie. And caring for your home just got easier. Whether you need help with routine maintenance or a dream remodel, Angie makes it easy to see reviews, compare quotes, and connect with top local pros who can get the job done right. Plus, you can see upfront pricing and instantly book hundreds of projects, no phone tag, just the work you need done at a time that works for you. Angie's got your to-do list covered from start to finish. Book your next home project today at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I
2: Thanks again to Kyle for his time. And now with that wrapped up, Zach and I will go ahead and take a look uh, kind of each position and what that might look like this offseason. So, yeah, as, as much as entertaining as, as uh, talking about coaching is, we'll talk about players now. The position group that everyone wants to talk about the most and cannot stop talking about and comes up with a new sweetheart every single day, it seems like. We'll talk about this one a bit more when we get into questions, but quarterback. Uh, Philip Rivers retired. He was a free agent anyways. Jacoby Brissett also coming off the books as a free agent. Uh, Chad Kelly was not there all year because Jacob Eason beat him in the, in the QB3 competition. Uh, so really right now, uh, Jacob Eason is the only quarterback under contract for 2021. So they obviously have to do something. They have to sign a free agent probably or to draft someone. Like they literally don't have the bodies yet to field a team. So they have to do something. Um, so that's, that's the big question. You know, Matthew Stafford was crossed off the list. He got traded to the Rams. Um, right after that, Sam Darnold kind of became the most talked about. There's other names floating out there. We know who we don't want. We we know who would be, you know, adequate, but, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get into a lot of those names in a bit, but, uh, basically, yeah, there's going to be big changes at quarterback this year. And then as for running back, probably there's really nothing going to be drastic from last year to this year. Uh, Marlo Mack was out since week one. He's probably going to earn a decent contract going elsewhere this off season. Uh, Chris Ballard has said, you know, he deserves a good contract. They don't know if it'll be here in Indy. So that's, that's really the only glaring one, you know, Jonathan Taylor's obviously under contract. Naheem Hines, Jordan Wilkins. So there, there's, there's really no reason to think there's going to be any big changes there. Uh, Wide receiver, however, will probably have some changes. Uh, T.Y. Hilton is a free agent. Zach Paschal, restricted free agent. That almost does. That's, that's almost not even worth talking about. He'll be back. Uh, T.Y. Hilton, though. Yeah. We, we talked with Kyle about that. Uh, unless, unless the offers are disrespectful, I'm, I'm sure Hilton will be back. Their receiver core is not deep enough yet to be able to absorb his loss. We we saw at times last year he absolutely is capable of of being a really productive player. So there are uh, there are really good options out there this offseason. It's another good draft class of wide receivers as well. So
0: yeah, I think there's a lot of ways. Like the one thing I didn't add when we were talking with Kyle that <laughs> it, it I couldn't say it to Kyle. It probably would have broke his heart. He's a big <laughs> team. yeah. Part of me is going to be a little of me would be a little excited if they didn't sign TY before free agency because I feel like that means they're going to go after a bigger fish. And I love TY. I think T.Y.'s great. Like, I wrote a whole thing about him where, like, he's not the same TY. He's more of a guy who can win with his route running, which he did the last half of the year. Mm-hmm. I just want someone with more juice on the outside now. Like, not saying that Hilton doesn't have that anymore. It's just. You know, we're looking at a receiver class that has, I mean, these are mid-tier guys like Curtis Samuel, um, Kenny Stills, or not Kenny Stills, um well, Kenny Stills actually too, but uh, Will Fuller. Like guys like that, they just have that juice can get down the field, get vertical, open things up for Michael Pittman and and Paris Campbell if he ever gets on the field again, you know, like stuff like that. So, you know, I feel like if they don't bring him back, I won't shed a tear about it. You know, like I feel like there's going to be a plan to get another, like a younger, more explosive guy, you know?
2: Yeah. And it's, there's a different, there'll be a different quarterback. So that's one thing. Well, yeah, but that's what it all depends I,
0: on. That's, that, I mean, like,
2: yeah. I, I just th- don't th- think th- there'll th- be th- the, if they don't re sign him, I don't think there will be this pressure to force chemistry with him. Yeah. Like, that was such a big storyline for a while with with Rivers and Hilton. I mean, th- think about the things we were talking about with Hilton the first half of the year. You know, that would alleviate that pressure to even have to talk about that. I mean, yeah. not that you don't want to see Hilton back, but if, if you sign him for what ten million, you're probably not getting someone for fifteen plus. You know, mm-hmm. so that that's that's a little tricky because uh, they they do need to add weapons. Uh, we were just talking about wide receiver, but tight end as well. Trey Burton's a free agent. Uh, I think he did well in his role, but I mean, is that role worth re signing? You know, you, you could, you could luck into a pretty decent tight end in the draft or there's guys, Hunter Henry, John O. Smith, Gerald Everett. There's quality guys out there in the free agent market as well. So that'll be interesting to see. They, they basically just need their stretch tight end role filled. Yeah. Jack Doyle's Jack Doyle, mo Mo can make big plays, but he's not a fast guy, really, by any means either. He's just he can make the big athletic catches that I honestly Jack can kind of make those too, but Jack's the chain movers, he's the blocker, but they they need that they need that guy capable of some yak and maybe stretching the field a little bit, but who knows if that will be Burton? And for the first offseason since twenty eighteen, uh, the offensive line is gonna look different because Anthony Costanzo has retired. We've we've talked a bit about that with Kyle and, and on previous episodes about, you know, what they can do at, at left tackle. It's probably not gonna be a big name guy. It's it's probably not gonna be, you know, Trent Williams. At his age, she's still got plenty of football left, so they won't they just won't be able to afford that with the other guys they have to pay.
0: Um, going to get paid. He's going to get like Yeah. He's been waiting for this free And agency he sh- and he should. He he's been waiting yeah. since like 2014 for this free agency. Like he yeah. is, like,
2: He's trying to get out of Washington forever. And I think he got to San Fran on a trade, is that right? Yeah, it was a trade so, for
0: like a third rounder. Yeah. I think they have the I think Washington has San Fran's third rounder, but yeah, so he didn't I like mean, go
2: through the free agent process and that.
0: Yeah, I I mean with with even with even if it is 175 is that cap floor that we were talking about with Kyle, he's still going to want like over 20 million a year. And he's Mm -hmm. probably going to get it. He's he's a top two or three left tackle in football. He's going to get it. Like I I could easily see Jacksonville with all their cap space and getting Trevor Lawrence in the draft, getting Trent Williams for 20 plus million dollars a year. And then he gets to go down to Florida with no, no income tax and all that stuff too. Like I, 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 this is a complete speculation, it, and All I right. feel like it's going to happen because it just makes so much sense. Uh, but yeah, uh, indie fans who want Trent Williams, like I, I'd say, there's maybe—I mean, there's a better chance of that than like Andrew Luck coming back, but it's not very ah, back. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm saying it's like a it's like a one percent chance that like if the market completely deteriorates for him and nobody wants him for some reason. Sure, he can get him here on a one-year deal, but I, I doubt. Like, it just doesn't make sense to me.
2: Yeah. Now, some other big news is the Raven Clark and Chaz Green are also free agents.
0: Oh, that, the big-time extensions, both of them. Bring them back. <laughs>
2: Left and right side. <laughs> <actually, laughs>
0: I feel like I'd be more inclined to bring back La Raven, but I don't want either. Like, bring in a new swing tackle and free agency or low-end tackle, like I talked about. Two minutes ago, with Roderick Johnson and and other guys with with yeah. uh, Kyle, there like you got to You got to upgrade at least swing tackle.
2: They have to upgrade. rebuild their depth at, on the offensive line. Anyways, it's it's. Yeah. I think it's something Chris Ballard mentioned they would have wanted to do. They they'll probably look to rebuild the depth along the line, and that just may involve
0: those two not being there. You know, they I mean, Chaz uh, Green should not come back. Like, there's no reason for Chaz. They've
2: Green. Se- they've seen him play like.
0: He's like 30 too. Like, you know what he is at this
2: point. Like exactly. You're not developing Chaz
0: Green at this point.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And let's, and Raymond Clark also has the Achilles. So that, that is what it is. And he's like
0: 28.
2: Yeah. yeah. And 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 it was, this was supposed to be a big season for him. So it's just, yeah. Um, But yeah, if, if they, again, if, if they want a nicer veteran, you know, Russell Okung, Alejandro Villanueva, they'll probably be a little more expensive, but you know those guys can play. Um, yeah. Who knows? they 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 gotta they gotta make sure they can get through sixteen games, and they don't know who their quarterback is yet, so that that'll be yeah, another yeah. interesting one to follow.
0: When we talk about all these free agent potential stuff, like especially with like receiver and even offensive line. A big draw is going to be whoever that quarterback is for the Colts. Like yeah, like for instance, Allen Robinson. Is a free agent. I don't, I don't expect the Colts to sign him, but I feel like he's not going to go to another place where he doesn't have a quarterback. You know? No,
2: no. That man deserves the
0: world. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So if the Colts send him to Green Bay, please. (laughs) Somehow, somehow. But yeah, if the Colts bring in like an Andy Dalton type quarterback, I'm not saying Andy Dalton in particular, but a type like that. Mm -hmm. What big name receiver is going to want to play with that? Even T.Y. Hilton, like T.Y. Hilton loves it here why would he want to spend his last two or three years playing with a, an Andy Dalton type quarterback when he can go to like Miami and play with an intriguing young quarterback or, or some, or green Bay maybe and play with Rogers. Like, you know, like it, a lot of these signings that we're going to eventually hit on here in the questions or with Kyle, that we talked about with Kyle really depends on what we do at quarterback.
2: Anyways, the defensive side of the ball, this, the inside's probably not going to look so different, but you know, you got, the uh, free agents with Justin Houston, Danico Autry and Al Kadim Mohammed. Uh realistically, probably not all three come back. Um I, I think I saw somewhere that Houston is unlikely. Uh yeah. they'd probably like Autry and, and Al Kadeen Mohammed for the right price. Mm-hmm. Um but it's a it's a deep class of edge rushers this year. Shaq Barrett, Von Miller, Carl Lawson, Melvin Ingram, Yannick Ngakwe, Bud Dupree, Romeo Okwara, Matthew Judon it would be hard for them not to come away with a quality
0: pass rusher. You know, Um yeah. I, I know that's something you're interested in for sure. Yeah. I, I don't criticize Ballard too much, uh, especially even with the lack of spending and free agency. I've never really been, I've kind of been like him in, in a way where I don't think spending ton in free agency is a huge way to win, but it's, it's malpractice if he doesn't acquire one of these pass rushers. Like they, have a top top five cap in the league going into this offseason and outside the quarterback your biggest, most dire need is getting an impact pass rusher on the outside who can actually threaten the pocket. Like Justin Houston was fine last year. Dino Autry was fine last year. Uh but they never they they if they're not getting sacks, they're not threatening the pocket. They're not they're not collapsing from the outside. They you need someone like Nagakwe or Carl Lawson, Romeo Alquara You need someone who's gonna get that consistent pressure. Because Buckner is going to win on the inside all game long. Uh, so if you can add someone, I mean, even we, we saw last year, Kyle, we were just talking with Kyle, Leonard Floyd, Leonard Floyd with the Rams had a breakout year because he's this explosive young pass rusher who has always been decent with playing with Aaron Donald on the interior, helped him out and had a big year. Mm-hmm. That's all you need. All you need is someone who's, I mean, you, you can even aim higher than Leonard Floyd, uh, because Buckner is going to do so much on the interior. So it, it's definitely roster mount practice if they don't if they don't acquire a big time pass rusher or at least a, above mid-level pass rusher in free agency.
2: You know, they want it so that I'd be shocked if they didn't come yeah. away with a pretty good pass rusher.
0: Yeah. Like I'm saying this right now, but I'm very, very certain he's going to go after one. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously he has his things where he doesn't like to overpay for guys on what he deems as how, what they're worth. But I don't see him coming out of free agency without a guy, at least like Aquara. Uh, who mm-hmm. I think is a really good pass rusher that people don't talk about, but um, with at least a guy like Aquara, maybe in an, in a, a Yannick way or a Bud Dupree type, but I, I don't see him coming out of free agency without one of those guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that definitely did, uh, it's necessary uh, behind
2: those guys. Linebacker probably not going to look wildly different, other than if you know if Anthony Walker is not back. Uh, yeah, he's not coming back. Yeah, it, it didn't it didn't really sound all that all that. Uh, can't think of what
0: we're trying to say. It didn't um, seem optimistic at all. Like I, I will say this as someone who's always been kind of down on Walker mm-hmm. uh, on the field. I absolutely love him as a person. I think he's an amazing human being, and he's going to be a very solid baseline starter for a team that needs a baseline starter. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the Colts right now, they have two really. They have two young linebackers. One's an all pro. The other is currently better than him. They're, they're, and they play three linebackers maybe twenty percent of the time. So there's no real reason to bring him back, but great dude. He's going to get a little bit of money to go play somewhere else. And he's going to deserve all that. I I love Anthony Walker. I think he's like, I I'm excited for him to get paid somewhere, uh, but it it just doesn't make sense to bring him back here. And I don't think he, I think he knows that too. Like it doesn't make sense for him to come back either. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I just think
2: he's been productive enough to where he's going to, he's going to get a pretty decent deal for some team that really needs a linebacker. And yeah. he should absolutely take it. So for the Colts, it'll kind of go from being Leonard and Walker, how it's been, to Leonard and Okariki primarily. Okariki won't have to rely on those, you know, fewer but increasing snaps. It'll be those two guys. Because yeah. again, this the Sam just rarely plays, so that'll probably be Zaire Franklin or or EJ Speed. Let's see some Sam. EJ
0: Speed this year. I'm I'm actually excited. Yeah. Like honestly, I'm a little
2: excited for that. Like, I'm I'm down. I I thought he would play more. Now maybe it was because there was not much in the probably. way of training training camp preseason, but I definitely thought he would play more this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, just looking at how things were looking up for him as a rookie, especially like in camp, I thought this year he would definitely play more, but he really didn't. But who knows? Hopefully. Maybe maybe 2020 once his year defensive back. So we've talked about Xavier Rhodes. That's a, that's a tricky situation because he's arguably the best free agent corner on the market this year after a rebound season. He's had an all-pro season before, and he just played at arguably a Pro Bowl level in 2020 uh, with, with how they dole out Pro Bowls nowadays. And if they would have done it normally where guys can opt out, he maybe would have gotten it. This year. yeah he certainly um, would have been yeah but yeah regardless he's gonna command a little bit of money jonathan gannon is gone that was one of his strong ties that he had in minnesota that he now had in Indy, so that will be interesting uh tj carey not quite as critical but he was he played a big role in the secondary um filled in for rocky sin really whenever anyone else would get hurt tj carey would come in Took some lumps, but I thought played better than worse. So yeah. Th- those guys they're gonna need to look at for sure. Um you get Marvell Tell back. Um I, I don't know what twenty twenty one COVID protocols look like, but they get Marvell Tell back continue his development. Kind of a speed bump without having Jonathan Gannon back, but Cornerback looks like a position they're probably going to have to address this off season, whether it's someone they re-sign or draft or do whatever. But I think the free agent market will be tested for sure.
0: Yeah, I mean, gun to my head, I'd say Rhodes is probably gone. Uh, but luckily, I, I don't know if we got a question about this, so I don't want to talk too much about it. But I think there are a couple corners out there that will either they'll, they'll either get like the Rhodes experimental contract that the Colts gave last year, or they'll pay a little bit more and 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 uh, get a sure fire guy. I, I don't see them coming out of this free agency period without Rhodes or another number one corner. So I think they'll be okay overall with that, uh, but we'll, we'll have to see. I mean, the, the rest of the secondary is going to be in place with the starters. Kenny, uh, Rock, Marvell's coming back. The, both the safeties are going to be starting. So um, Obviously, you need another guy who's solid out there, but I, again, I, I feel like Ballard's got a plan for that. I'm not too worried about that one.
2: Yeah, and that leads us to the final position on defense is safety. Really the only change we expect to see is Malik Hooker. Julian Blackman stepped in, stepped up, looked good. I think we all know it's it's him and Kari Willis for the foreseeable future at safety. So Malik Hooker is, you know, probably probably looking elsewhere in uh this off season, so I don't yeah. think anyone's surprised on that. On that, You know what,
0: a need we don't talk about enough is they're going to need a new third safety this year because Tavon Wilson was not capable last
2: year. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, George, I, I would be totally comfortable with George Odom, but yeah. him stepping down a little bit made him a, an all-pro special teamer. So they, they could definitely have more depth at, at safety for sure.
0: Yeah, I mean, at least another guy that can play some teams. So if you're going to have Odom play a little bit more on defense, Then if Odom were to get hurt, you have another guy who can play on special teams. So, I mean, there's definitely another roster spot to have a fourth safety there. But it's not a huge, huge need. uh, But, you know, just having more depth there is good. Um, But obviously it's not even close to outside corner or defensive end or left tackle or quarterback like we've been talking about.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then we'll, you know, just for the sake of it, we'll mention special teams. Rigoberto Sanchez back. Rodrigo. Wait. I. Okay. You got it. Okay. You got it. You're good. I did. You're I did. Good. Rodrigo Blankenship back. Luke Rhodes back. The the crews. The crews all back there. So no need to really mention that. <laughs> <laughs> I thought. I, I thought I messed it up for a second.
0: Let's um, oh, okay. say Blankenship and Sanchez. Don't even say. Yeah.
2: Hot cause... Hot Rod and Rigo. That's all I'm going to start saying from now on.
0: You'll say Hot Rigo, and then yeah. Rod will be there. Yeah. God.
2: That'll. I'll have to hang up the microphone at that point. <laughs> So, uh guys, we just kind of speedily went through each position there because you guys made it rain questions on us. And between answering all your questions and everything, that's going to that's going to absolutely cover all the bases that we need to go today. Um, so for the love of God, this Andrew Luck shit has dominated the week. We got one, two. Three. I think whether between people joking and being serious, I think we got five, four or five questions on that. Basically, well, it's funny
0: because it. you asked the first question thing when we were in the midst of all those Andrew Luck fake text stuff. <laughs> um, like, we were in the middle of all that, you know, faux whoever and all those guys were going crazy about it. Yeah. Uh, so that's why you got so many Andrew Luck, or Andrew Luck things. And then when I asked for the questions, so it was already after Jim Ursay came out and said, like, no, he's not coming back. Right. Uh, then I, all mine were the joking questions, what I got. So we got like 100 just in total. Uh, but I feel like all of them got answered by Jim Ursay today.
2: Yeah, he's yeah. So how Andrew looked in that video with Jacoby was he was very disheveled. <laughs> he's very, very hairy. And then Jim Ursay said, uh, "He's more retired now than he was a year and a half ago." That's all I need to know. And just, it's one of those things like let the guy go. Like,
0: sorry about that buzz right there. That was oh crazy. I didn't hear nothing. Oh, you didn't oh, hear
2: it? Oh, 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 big shot
0: Zach with the, with big the shot. Agent. <laughs> yeah, Andrew Luck coming back was what the agent texted me. Sorry, oh Jesus, <laughs> no, just kidding.
2: <laughs> oh Lord, so no, I think Zach and I are both team. Leave the man alone and let him live. Think about it. Even if he did come back, you would have to live the rest of your fandom in fear. Would you not? <laughs>
0: <laughs> look I-, I love andrew he's gonna be a team legend forever in our hearts mm. at least yeah he's gone guys like it sucks l- 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 hopefully we can just move on to trey lance or justin fields which uh-huh. we're gonna talk about with multiple other questions here i'm assuming but yeah hopefully we can move on to one of those guys and not like andy dalton or something like that like i keep bringing yeah. andy dalton's not even horrible i just keep bringing him up as the one i don't want there's multiple andy dalton's in free agency that i don't want but yeah, you know, he he's gone and it sucks, but it's been almost 3 years now. Uh, I feel like we should be getting out of the grieving process and into the the acceptance phase at this point at least.
2: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. And that we're going to follow that one up by our our buddy Nate Kent who said, "Why is everyone hoping when we specifically told them not to?"
0: <laughs> Dude, Nate Nate is <laughs> Uh, dude, Nate's the Twitter resident asshole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I do like love either, it.
2: Either he or Brent are next up on on the Colts Twitter guesting. One of those We'll two.
0: have Nate on when we just talk about edge rushers. That's it. And then he'll just ask what their three cone time projections are. <laughs> and then that'll be it. That, that's are the they one.
2: bendy? No. Get get
0: the hell out of <laughs> And here. then he will be like, eh. No. Uh, I know I know there's a good portion of people who hate Nate, uh, He's definitely a little over exaggerated about his offensive line hate and all that stuff, but we he, love Nate. He knows ball. Uh, he's an asshole. You gotta love him. Uh, <laughs> I, I like Nate. I like Nate. <laughs> yeah,
2: no, like like I told him today. I answered this question already. I said when you have low or no expectations, you can't get hurt.
0: So, dude, I grew up a so Washington cool. fan. I have no expectations for anything.
2: You, yeah, perfect. All right, and then now to a serious question. Uh, We actually had a couple people uh, ask about the chances the Colts are able to land Dak Prescott. I say one percent because if I I know he's coming off an injury, but if the Cowboys are smart, they won't let him go.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, one percent is probably good. Like, I, I I wouldn't even entertain it. Like, just there's part of me. That thinks with Jerry and Dallas, like, they're just really stupid. Yeah. And stuff. But, like, they can't be that stupid, right? Like, there's no way. Like, Dak's easily a top seven or eight quarterback in the league. Like, yeah. I'm sure we'll get some responses to this that say, no way, he sucks and stuff. Like, because there's always that that portion. And by all means, please send me the argument on how he's not. But... To me, is easily a top seven or eight quarterback in the league. I mean, he's gone toe-to-toe with Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs before. I, I think he's great. I, I think Dallas, even if they want to not pay him as much, they're not that stupid to get rid of him. Unless we offer a Deshaun Watson-type trade package of, like, four first-rounders and players, like, I, I just – there's no way. There, there's no way, like – there's a better chance of landing him than Watson, but there's no chance. <laughs> there's no chance.
2: Yeah, that's that's where I'm at. It's It would be awesome if it happened, but it's almost not worth thinking about because it's, no, it's almost not realistic, you know? Yeah. Um, next up, Mario V. Borelli. Ballard is pretty tight-lipped, so we'll never really know what he's thinking or doing, i.e. DeForest Buckner. Uh, but do you think the Colts trade up in the draft, maybe with the Lions who already acquired Jared Goff or trade back into the draft and acquire more picks? We know Ballard loves them picks. Dude, so either could happen. It's Ballard. Yeah, I know. Like, and I think for that exact reasoning, you know, I would have never said, I would have never said that Ballard was going to trade that 13th pick for a player last year and he did do it. And just mm-hmm. so happened it was for a critical player they needed and who played the best season of their career. Um, they, I I think they know the best quarterback option if they're going to do it this year is trading up yeah. because at 21, your best option is probably Mac Jones.
0: And do they, are do they feel sexy about Mac Jones? Probably not. He's not the Ballard type. He's the Frank Wright. No. He's not the Ballard type at all. Right. That,
2: yeah. So he, he's probably not making anyone hot under the collar there. And then what free age, I mean, these quarterbacks are going to be free agents for a reason. The ones that are actually going to go on the market, at least like, I think what will ha- probably happen is they sign a veteran bridge quarterback and then maybe draft someone. And then you also have Jacob Eason like, because yeah. uh, otherwise they're, they're going to trade up, which would be my preference. Uh, I I don't know. I I do like that the Lions now seem to have their quarterback for the year and don't
0: need to take one right now. But Yeah, I think purely speculation here. Um, I think we'll see in free agency them go for a bridge that more fits Reich than fits what Ballard wants. Because they actually like different types of quarterbacks. Reich likes the guys who get the ball out quick uh, who are smart, can read the field and, and stuff like that and kind of can just navigate what he opens up for them. Ballard likes those traitsy, big arm guys, those Pat Mahomes. Like, you know, he, he was instrumental in getting Pat Mahomes over there. Like, obviously Veach was huge too, and endorsed the, but Ballard was also in that, those conversations trade up and get Pat Mahomes. Uh, also traded for, for Cody Brissett, who's a big arm, traitsy guy. And that one obviously didn't work out as well. Quarterbacks like that, so he likes those those tradesy big arm guys and stuff. So i I can see a very real scenario where they get like a Marcus Mariota type, and or I don't even know if Mariota is free agent, but you know, just the type type who can move an offense and get the ball out quick. Um, they do that, and maybe it's a little mobile. Um, and then I think another key element, and again, pure speculation here, but if if uh I feel like Ballard's going to need that extension before he trades up in a draft, and It's weird to talk about a GM extension leading to that, but like, you know, if you're a GM on a one or two year deal, how likely are you to trade up? Because it knows your job could be on the line. But if you're on, if you're a GM on like a six year deal, you're more willing to take that risk. So I don't know where Ballard's head would be with something like that, but that's another thing to keep in mind. So I think if he gets that extension and they sign like a bridge quarterback in free agency, I could see him being really aggressive uh, in the draft and getting. A guy like, you know, a JMV, I think, uh said on on uh his radio show or whatever that they really like Justin Fields. I could see that. Uh Trey Lance, I think, fits a lot of what both Ballard and Reich like. They can he can do a little bit of both of what they like. Um so yeah, I, I think there's a lot of options. I, I do think the most logical option for this team to to keep in their Super Bowl window is to go up in the draft and get a young guy.
2: Yeah. I, I think we're both in favor of that. And that kind of rolls into the next question. Are you in favor of possibly trading
0: up for Trey Lance? Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. I love like Trey Lance. Honestly, if I were doing my pure grading scale, would probably get like a second round grade for me. Right. Cause I, mm-hmm. I do think there are issues in this game where I wouldn't feel super comfortable in, in most teams starting him from day one. Um, you know, inconsistent accuracy how well does he read the field he does a lot of half field read stuff like that with with North Dakota State Uh, always had the best players around him so a lot of it was more of chucking it to guys who are 10 yards wide open down the field you know it's a lot of stuff like that but quarterback value always pushes them up and when I see the overall talent of a Trey Lance I would trade up for that like Mm -hmm. I, I don't think he's nearly finished what he could be but knowing that you have a guy like you have guys like Marcus Brady, Scott Milavich, Frank Reich. Uh, Reich's got the best out of everyone he's coached. I mean, Nick Foles had a career year. Carson Wentz had a career year under him. Philip Rivers had a resurgence this year. Andrew Luck had a career year. Jacoby Brissett actually looked like a starting caliber quarterback uh, when he's most likely not that in the NFL. So, yeah, I, I think I would take that chance on a guy like Trey Lance when I know the coaching staff I have that that's my viewpoint I don't think Trey Lance is worth a top 10 pick but for the Colts and how quarterbacks get pushed up the board I would definitely trade up for the top 10 pick and get him.
2: and you feel more comfortable with Trey Lance than you would like Jordan Love for example last year right
0: yeah yeah I I like Jordan Love but I, I feel like when you look at Jordan Love's film there's a lot more inconsistencies and a lot more misses where a lot more easy misses and stuff where it's like okay we really need to like Revamp everything we have with this guy. Mm-hmm. With the talent's there, but you have to revamp a lot of it. And Jordan loves the guy where I would have said you had to sit for one year, like you had to, like, and that's kind of yeah. hat, sitting him. Where Lance, I, I think you can let li- you, you have to kind of limit your offensive bit if you do start him near one. Like you have to give him a lot of half field read stuff, and you have to give him a lot of like the Jacoby set package that we did a little bit this year in the short yardage. You know, get some get some RPOs going with him, and get stuff and more of half field one one read stuff, but. it you can still start him in year one. Um, so I, I think I like Lance a bit better than Love, even though I did like Love last year. Um, but yeah, I'd be comfortable starting him from the get-go if they were to trade up and draft uh, Trey Lance. Yeah, that
2: that would be a benefit for them as if they were able to draft someone who was capable of starting year one, but they still need a veteran because you can't just have a rookie and then Jacob Easton. Yeah, that just doesn't seem to work. Um, speaking of Easton, the next question is, where would you rank Easton in this year's quarterback class? So last year I had him fifth behind the big four and I'd probably have him a touch or two lower this year. I think given the guys on there, because I mean, I, I know the, the big guys this year, I I would have him behind, behind them. Yeah. So. When I when I put last year's class and this one together, I think I had Easton around like ten or something.
0: I think I had Easton at sixth or seventh last year, mm-hmm. um, but I feel like the top of this class is more way better than last year's. No, well, yeah. not way better. It's it's better than last year's. I wouldn't say way way better, but I think it's better this year. But the drop off is so much steeper this year. Where, right, because you get Mac Jones, and then
2: you're like, who's next? Kyle Trask, Kellen Mond, yeah, like
0: i I'd probably have him after Trask, so probably seventh. Mm-hmm. Um, but I could be talked into taking him over Trask. I think,
1: you know, it depends, on,
0: it depends on your flavor with that. Like, Trask, I think, is like a Nick Mullins type, where he could run an offense and be fine. But how high is that potential, really? Where Eason, it's more volatile, but... Could it's like could be better, much better than what Trask is. So I, I could be talked either way, but I'd certainly take Mac Jones in the top four over him for sure.
2: Yeah, that's kind of where I was. I uh, I sat him for sure behind Mac Jones, but I I haven't watched enough quarterbacks yet, otherwise to to make that determination for sure. But yeah, it's uh, Eason is adequately placed. <laughs> Uh, Let's see the next one. What is the biggest weakness in Jacob Eason's tape? And is it correctable? So for me, the thing that, that I was most worried about watching him last year was uh just him under duress. Like yeah. when you rattle him and when you literally put pressure on him, it's like his game collapses yeah. and that just can't happen. Like you can't have a guy whose game disappears if he's getting pressured because like, any Any good defensive coordinator can dial up pressure and find it somewhere during a game, you know, like is it correctable um i'm i I don't know, I think it takes a lot of time and experience to correct it if it does, if it is, so I don't know that's it's a really tough spot for this year, honestly,
0: yeah, well, kind of like what we saw with Brissett in twenty nineteen uh, a little bit in twenty seventeen as well uh but twenty nineteen those first few games i mean quarter the defense were getting no pressure on him. And he was able to dial back and he actually was able to put up some, some decent numbers. Uh, but once I think the Chiefs kind of showed it in that week five or six game, week five, they just started bringing zero pressure at him and the offense collapsed. And, and I think Eason has a lot. I, I, I do think that's the biggest issue in his game. And I see a lot of Brissett with the way that he responds to pressure, except Brissett is strong enough to throw anybody who touches him off of them. Like, the greatest thing you can ever say about what Cooper said is he's hard to sack. <laughs> like mm-hmm. he throws dudes. Where Easton, the second he feels pressure, even if it's not there, if he feels it, he's rolling out to his left for some reason. Yeah. Like, turning his back he turns his back to the pocket and rolls to his left. And then he has this tendency to slide like six yards behind the line of scrimmage instead of just throw the ball away.
1: <laughs>
0: uh, like he, he just made a lot of boneheaded decisions when he when he felt pressure, not even when he had pressure, when he felt it. And I can just see the scenario in the NFL uh, with defensive coordinators who love these simulated pressures with a mug, the a gap with two linebackers. Iberflues does this all the time. Mug it with two linebackers still only bring four, but you're looking like you're bringing six or seven and younger quarterbacks just collapse under that because they feel like there's going to be six or seven guys coming, but only three or four guys do come. And and that's when you get into really big mistakes. So is it correctable? Yes, I'm not going to say easily correctable. It's a long way to go to correct that, but that's a huge, huge issue that, uh, is the difference between a starter and a backup and out of the league, honestly. Like that's why so many of these big arm quarterbacks fail. It's lack of natural accuracy and, and, uh, and struggles with pressure. And I think Eason is better, is more accurate than most of these big arm quarterbacks that we've seen in, in most years, like naturally accurate, but the pressure is a huge issue right now.
2: Yeah. And that's just, that's just something you can't hide from.
0: Like, yeah. Yes.
2: Yeah, so that, that, that was, I think we both were in agreement. So that was our biggest issue because it is a big one. Like, if you have to mark a guy for that, it's, it's a very big red flag. Uh, next question was, do you think the Colts go after Carson Wentz or Derek Carr? Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they've inquired about Wentz just to see what it is, you know, what, what it would take just because I'm sure they're doing their due diligence on all those guys. But um I don't know. I, I think the ties are there where if it was going to happen, it probably would have had more smoke by now. Uh, as for Derek Carr, I mean, he's he's still Las Vegas' starting quarterback. So until further notice, Der- Derek Carr is there. You know, I don't. Yeah, I think that's only been rumors that Carr is leaving. But. Yeah,
0: weirdly, I would actually say it's probably more likely they get Carr than Wentz. Uh, mm-hmm. just because I feel like there's going to be a huge discrepancy on how the Eagles value Wentz in trading him than how other teams value him. Cuz if you're another team, why would you give up a pick for, for a guy who played that poorly in that big contract? I right. Know, like, Jared Goff basically I just, just tagged along and included with along with a first round pick. And golf was better than Wentz last year out of the same class, like they're around the same age.
2: Uh, Wentz has no momentum right now.
0: No momentum. And then there was a lot of reports of him being like a diva this past year and uncoachable. Uh, There's a lot of bad smoke that came out of that. Uh, Where Carr, you know, say what you will, he's a very conservative quarterback. Uh, You know, we've seen him throw the ball away on fourth downs way too much (laughs) and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. Uh, which always drives me insane, but he can navigate this offense really well. He's a really quick, accurate quarterback uh, who does have a good arm to get the ball down the field. I think he can run this offense really well. I, and, you know, by all reports, he's actually a great human being too. Like I really do think he fit really well in, in this uh, offense and all, in this team. So I think it's more likely they would inquire about him, but I feel like the price tag is going to be a little too high. I think, if the Raiders were to move on from him, they want like two first round picks, which I don't see that happening. No, where the Eagles, I just don't see it. I don't see Wentz getting moved unless the Eagles are throwing in a pick with him because there's so much bad smoke around it with a bad contract with him being nearly 30 at this point. Like, how much fixable is that? I, I, I would really rather go after like a Fitzpatrick than get Wentz, and if they're not including a pick, because yeah, like what's the difference in my opinion? Like Fitzpatrick is actually going to play better than Wentz would, so. I, I don't know. I I'm not huge on the Wentz thing and I I I know I'm not big on many of these quarterback options out there but Wentz is one I'm really really low on.
2: Yeah. I I'm not too big on Wentz either. I'd rather have Carr and then like you said if they're going the free agent route where they don't have to trade anything then of course I think Ryan Fitzpatrick is my favorite realistic option. Yeah. Um, he's just the perfect bridge quarterback. Like
0: yeah. I mean he'll get he'll get this Colts team to 9-10 wins like Yeah. You know. If you want to make the playoffs again, but I would rather go that than Wentz if, unless the Eagles are saying, hey, we'll give you the second round pick as well with Wentz, which is that 38th pick. Mm-hmm. That gives me a better chance to trade up in the draft uh without surrendering too much in the future as well, as well as have more ammunition overall. And then it, I don't care about Wentz at that point. Like all I really needed was that second round pick, you know, so That makes it more interesting for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like I would only literally trade for him just to get more ammunition to move up. Like I, I literally don't want Wentz starting. Like I don't, there's just too much bad smoke around that.
2: Yeah. And from a head coaching perspective, if the rumors were true, where it was uh, the Eagles can only keep Doug Peterson or, or uh, Carson Wentz, what next head coach wants to deal with that? You know what I mean? Like, if if his if he got his last head coach fired, no other head coach wants to deal with that. Yeah, now, a coach of, of, of course. Has a
0: great relationship with Frank Reich. Yeah. too. like <laughs> Frank would be you know, the
2: Frank would be the exception, but like if I was any other team, I wouldn't want to mess with that.
0: But but then even like think about Press Taylor's coming over from that situation. You oh, have yeah. a guy who literally can tell you what happened with 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 Carson Wentz. That's so the Colts don't pursue that. Then you know there's something going on with wins. That's what
2: I would, Yeah, that's what I was saying. Where if it was going to happen, I think the I think there would have been a lot more traction there by now. Yeah, you know, we've already seen to... a big quarterback deal done in the NFL, and the you know th- there's not the ties there between the Lions and Rams necessarily that there are between the Colts and Eagles. Like there's so much familiarity there.
0: Yeah, I could see a super desperate team like the Bears doing something, but the Colts aren't super desperate. They they know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. we've seen it for three years they have a great front office a great coaching staff they know what they're doing they're not going to desperately you know throw a crazy trade together for Carson Wentz when they have all this information telling them not to they're always going to do the sensible thing even if it's a bad if, even if they make mistakes they're going to do the sensible thing so yeah I I I don't see that happening and I I honestly don't want it to happen I don't think Wentz is fixable at this point it was a it was a truly awful year with a lot of smoke about off the field things with him in the locker room and stuff. So I wouldn't want that. here. If if Philly's dealing quarterbacks, I'd rather have Jalen Hurts. (laughs) Yeah. Well, if they pick pick Wentz over Hurts, then I don't – Sirianni's coaching tenure is not going to last very long. Poor guy.
2: Yeah. Yeah, Okay, so the next one. Is there even a good solution at quarterback? It feels like the Colts are in a a tough spot. There's nothing ideal – this up. year. I mean trading up, yes, if they can make it happen, that would be that's best case scenario absolutely. This but, is the year to do it for sure. Like they haven't really been in this scenario in an off season before and luckily they they knew about it in January, you know. So
0: yeah. I would say the best situations yeah. are if you can get Carr for less than two first round picks. That's a good situation because I think Carr with Wright can be a top 10 quarterback. I think you can win with Derek Carr. Yeah, yeah. I, I think he could be a top 10 guy with Wright.
2: The, the Raiders uh, haven't been mediocre because of Derek Carr. The Raiders have been mediocre because
0: they haven't had a defense at all. Like, well, because Gruden puts all his stuff into yeah, offense. He doesn't put right. anything on That's what killed the Bucks back in the early 2000s. Yeah. They, they had Dungy's defense. Dungy yeah. left. Gruden came in, won a Super Bowl, and then for the next couple of years, lost all the defense, put, put on offense, and got fired. Um but yeah, car is not the problem there. Car is car is an ideal situation if you can get them for much less of the price tag that they're saying and trading up is a very ideal situation, but besides that, nothing's going to be ideal. Uh, except, for, you know, the Dak Prescott thing that we keep hearing, but right.
2: <laughs> that would be yeah, that'd be pretty. <laughs> that, nice.
0: That's the best situation, but that's not happening. Or Deshaun Watson if we're going to go completely crazy.
2: Oh yeah. The next question also is about quarterback. When yeah. is the quarterback purgatory going to end?
0: usually takes a long time. I mean, I I, I always say I came from covering Washington and grew up a Washington fan and their QB purgatory has been going on since 91. So, right.
2: I I don't, I mean, I, I think Colts fans know that we've all been spoiled. You know, we went from, we went from Peyton Manning to Andrew Luck and that was just 20 years of, of really good stuff going on. But, uh, I mean, most teams, I mean, the bears, Think about the Bears, the Dolphins took forever, the Broncos, the Browns took so, there are teams that were stuck in quarterback purgatory for 20, 30 years. Like you said, Washington, they'll figure it out. The Colts have the right leadership to figure it out. So if they're, if they're purgatory last, well, they're only in purgatory for this offseason because you can't really count Rivers as that. That was quality quarterback play. But oh, I, true. yeah. If we're if we're talking about purgatory, it's the unser- It's the long term uncertainty of the position that is the purgatory.
0: I feel like we'll be fine. Ballard, yeah. you got Ballard there. You got Dodd still there. Frank I'm Wright. Not, yeah, I'm not worried about
2: it. They'll figure something out. Like they know, they know they have to do it. You know,
0: they they imagine being the Texans right now, who are in QB purgatory and they have a superstar quarterback on the roster, but they're still in QB purgatory. That's so weird
2: what's right? going on like the owner is oblivious and then like his right hand man is just like the only person he'll listen to like that is oh, so weird there like oh i my will God. say
0: we have been leaked so many stories about Easter to mm-hmm. be i will say from what i've heard they're like the tip of the iceberg so. like it's all he tame is legitimately insane like he is he's like Crazy TV Evan, Gen, Evan Angelus, or whatever the heck that word is, like, times a hundred plus a con man. Like, that's what he is. Like, it's insane. He is, he is a nut job. And he is that whole, like, it kind of reminds me with, with Bruce Allen, with Washington for all these oh, years. Yeah. Bruce Allen was just a, a drunken idiot. Like, this guy is a super smart con man. Like, he was just weaseled <laughs> his way up there. It, it's like, you knew Bruce Allen eventually was going to go away because he's a drunken idiot. Like, mm-hmm. but he could be, I I don't know. I, like, dude, it wouldn't even shock me if he became the owner of the team eventually. Like, he's like that <laughs> far intertwined in this stuff. Like, it's- the,
2: the other owners would have to like mount up and get him sent out like some
0: Donald Sterling shit. It is wild, man. It's, it's absolutely insane, and it's great that it's happening through divisional rival. I do like that. I like that. Yeah. yeah. 'Cause they, they
2: have they had a nice, shiny quarterback, they had a good quarterback situation, and then it only took them a few years to screw it up.
1: Yeah. Because remember we they, they were
2: rocking Brian Hoyer and Brock Osweiler and Matt mm-hmm. Schaub was their best ever quarterback for a long time. They found a way to squander Deshaun Watson in not a lot of time. I'm thinking yeah, we were looking
0: that. at going against Trevor Lawrence, Deshaun Watson, and Ryan Tannehill for the foreseeable yeah. future. Now we got Tannehill who's in his thirties. And he's not a superstar, but he's a top ten quarterback. He's good. Um, and then you got Lawrence, who most likely is gonna be really good, but you don't know. You have basically two guys who aren't for sure top five guys, and then don't have Watson. So it definitely made it a lot better, a lot easier for Colts. Yeah, absolutely. Uh let's see. This next one has nothing to do with
2: quarterbacks. And yes. by the way, we never we didn't have to mention Sam Darnold at all. <laughs> um, so it sounds like Kamoko Turei never fully recovered from his injury. Is there any news on how serious and how long of a rehab that's going to be again? Um, I mean, I don't.
0: Uh, did you hear anything new on that? Uh, I think he was getting some work done to clean it up again recently. That's where yeah. this, I think that's where this tweet came from. Uh,
2: because that, that's not unheard of.
0: Like, yeah, it, it took him a while to get back, but like, it's a devastating. Honestly, the yeah. biggest thing is I hope this gives him confidence again on it because at the end yeah. of the year, he didn't have much confidence with that ankle still. You could see by the way he was moving around the corner. He just didn't have confidence with the ankle. So hopefully, I mean, just the cleanup procedure gives him that confidence. Uh, yeah. but that's, such a,
2: that's such a big part of it. I remember, I think it was Henry Anderson when he came back from his ACL a handful of years ago. He was, he was telling us in the media, you know, so much of it is just like, the confidence and comfortability of using that leg again, like yeah. physically you're fine, but mentally you have hurdles to, to go through. Maybe that's part of it.
0: Oh no. I mean, I mean, when I was a kid, I broke my, my left arm, my humorous bone in my left arm and you're scared to even like hit that again. After, like, and that's just, you know, that's not even a pro athlete who has multiple injuries and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Like, yeah, I can't imagine it. I'm sure it's, it's rough to really trust that part of your body again.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Next one. Who are your favorite offensive tackles in free agency and in the draft to replace Anthony Costanzo? Who this, I like this one.
0: I'll let you go ahead. All right. Uh, I mentioned with Kyle, but Roderick Johnson my favorite in free agency. Uh, and you're I saying think, as a
2: starter, as a
0: potential starter? Yeah. This year. Okay. Yeah. No, and I, I definitely start him. I, I think you can hide the deficiencies in pass pro. And honestly, I think his best reps in pass pro came in those aggressive sets that the Colts already do. So. I think there's room for him to be even better in this system than what he was in Houston. Uh, but I really like him. I think it's going to be a really cheap deal to get him here. It could be You get him for like a one year, like two or $3 million deal, I'm assuming. If not, that might even be too much. Like, who knows? He was a swing tackle for the Texans. So who knows how much he's really going to command. Uh, I really like him. Uh, like I mentioned, if, if Leno Jr. gets cut uh, out there in Chicago, I think that one's a really good one that makes sense uh, because of his ties to Chris Strasser. Uh, and then I, I also like, um, uh, who is, oh, Russell Okun. That was the other one that you mentioned that I liked yeah. as well. I, I think he's a good fit for, for what they would want. Uh, but I like, I like them in free agency, but I, I prefer to go cheap if you're going to go the free agent route. Uh, maybe a guy like Joe Hay coming back too, just to be a really low end type of starter. Cause I think he's a free agent again this all season. Uh, in the draft though, I mean, there, there's so many guys that I like. It's a great offensive tackle class. Uh, if you're looking at round one, uh, I really like Christian Darisal out of Virginia Tech. Uh, big mauler type Uh, Samuel Cosme is my draft crush in this class I absolutely love Sam Cosme I I think he's David Bakhtiari from what I've seen Mm -hmm. people are a lot lower on him than me but and they always say technique issues and stuff but I watch his film and I see maybe one bad rep like every two or three games like I think he's outstanding so maybe I just need to watch some older film to, to see the mistakes that people are talking about but I think he's simply outstanding uh, if you're going more towards the middle rounds, I like guys like James Hudson out of Cincinnati and uh, Deontay Smith out of ECU. Uh, both raw guys, a little smaller, like they need to put on some weight, but uh they can move really well. They're very physical at the point of attack, uh, great punches. Uh, I think those are two guys that you could hide as well in this scheme uh, with the other good players they have around them. So I'd prefer them to go the the like Roderick Johnson plus Deontay Smith route would probably be where I would go. Uh, but if they have quarterback figured out and they have defensive end figured out and Cosme's there at 21, please take Sam Cosme. Have the best offensive line in football for mm-hmm. the foreseeable future. I, but again, but yeah, yeah, again, but, uh, I prefer them to go the Roger Johnson and Deontay Smith or James Hudson route. I, I like go cheap there at left tackle, trust Chris Strasser and Kevin Malway and Clayton Adams to develop them. And Strasser's shown the ability to develop these guys. I mean, look at Braden Smith now. Look at. Look at Danny Pinter when he stepped in last year. Look at Ryan Kelly sending to a top-five center. Like I I really think that Strasser is going to do a great job, so just, just get him a raw piece of clay and have him develop into a good tackle and stay cheap at that position.
2: Yeah, I, I really don't have anything different to add on that one. Uh, you've kind of talked me into that Roderick Johnson. I, I haven't studied him, but you know if if he's a quality bridge-type player, mm-hmm. uh, again, Russell Okung, some, someone who's – a veteran you know you can start but is not gonna be maybe he's not gonna break the bank. Uh and as far as the draft, Samuel Cosme exactly, uh Christian Derisol, Ray Slater will probably be gone, I'd have to yeah. imagine. Um yeah. but yeah, it just it just depends where they're doing it because twenty one obviously that would be involved in moving up, but if they if they aren't moving up and they stay there, one of those guys that that'd be great. Yep. Yeah. Uh let's see. Next one is Okay. Uh who would be your biggest get for the Colts in free agency? Let's let's say um let's say realistic options because we can talk about unrealistic options all day. But realistic options, who would who would be your
0: biggest get for the Colts? Well that gets cut and then we sign up. <laughs> Perfect, yeah. Dak Prescott gets cut, obviously. Aaron Rodgers gets cut for Jordan Love and we signed yeah, him. Yeah, after
2: Patrick Mahomes wins the second Super Bowl, <laughs> they just cut ties. They've they've got him for all that they needed. It's a
0: big do. contract, man. They need to have that cap flexibility. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my biggest get would be one of those edge guys that we're talking about. I I think you know what's funny, I didn't even I wasn't even huge on him early in the last season, but I've just been talking myself into him more and more. But I think Yannick Nick Okwe would just be a perfect fit. Um mm. I think any of Yannick Nagakwe, Carl Lawson, Bud Dupree, Romeo Arquara, any of those guys would be my big get. Shaq or Shaq Barrett as well. Like any of if like just pick one of those five out of a hat and tell me they're on the Colts and I'd call for agency a win from that point. Like that'd be the biggest get for me. Uh uh quarterback wise, I don't really think there's too many big gets. I mean Fitzpatrick would be a fine get because you 'cause you're gonna get like ten wins out yeah. of him, but Yeah, give me one of those pass rushers. Make this defense be so much better if they had an an exterior uh, outside rusher to go with Buckner.
2: I think Carl Lawson is probably my way to go because I I just don't know how realistic it is about Shaquille Barrett. I know they have decisions to make. They can't keep everyone. Uh, But if not Shaq Barrett, I would like Carl Lawson. There's something that tells me, like, Robert Mathis would just love to work with Carl Lawson.
0: Oh, dude, they'd be best friends.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So give, give me give me that one right there. Who is your biggest draft crush? And you yeah, already said Cosmo. Uh,
1: I of Cosme, will
0: say day three draft crush. Yeah. yeah, day three draft crush. I'm actually talking to him tomorrow at noon. I'm really excited to talk to him. But uh, Jacoby Stevens out of LSU absolute mm. blast to watch uh he they list him at safety i think he's like he's like six two, like 230 They list him at safety he played he would play overhead you know single high safety he played two high safety he played mike linebacker sometimes outside linebacker played on the def- on defensive line at edge uh played slot corner sometimes i mean he literally did everything for them uh he was an absolute blast to watch uh I, i'm just i don't even know how i'm going to talk to him because it's just like which position <laughs> do i focus on right like, uh, I love him, especially for the Colts, too, because I feel like they need that third down package defender where you can just throw out there and be like, OK, you know, like it's like a box safety type. He can be a blitzer. He can cover, like do whatever kind of that 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 jack of all trades. So I absolutely love his film. I think it's the most enjoyable film in this class. If you guys are listening to to this still at this point, you know, one, you're insane. But two, go watch some go watch some Jacoby Stevens uh, film. I mean, that dude. It's a blast to watch, like absolute draft crush after Cosby. Yeah, I I haven't watched him, but uh,
2: definitely I've heard you talk about him multiple times. So that's one guy I'm definitely looking forward to getting into. So for me, I'm not super deep into my study yet. So there's been some guys I've been following for a year or two already, just seeing them on, on other guys tape. Brady White from Memphis. I've liked him for a
0: while. Uh, the quarterback oh, from Memphis. I hope he gets drafted. Like I, I don't think he will, but I hope he does. He's
2: going to be my Nathan Rourke this year, but I think yeah. he's higher. I think he's higher regarded than Rourke is. You'll see
0: it.
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and then I got a pair of Virginia defenders and Charles Snowden and Joey Blunt. Okay. Joey Blunt, the safety. I, I think I, I think he caught my eye when I was watching Bryce Hall last year. And I made a note to keep an eye on him. And that's, that's a guy I really like. And then Charles Snowden is a good hybrid kind of edge linebacker type guy. Those guys, those six guys seven, don't seven, ever work out for me. But
0: dude, he's like six, seven, like 230. Like he's, he, he's, he's the weirdest body type.
2: Yeah. They, I don't, I don't know what they do about that. <laughs> but that is it for questions for now. And then the last thing I got for you, Zach. It's Super Bowl pick time. Oh shit. This is it. It's Chiefs. It's Buccaneers this Sunday. Who do you got?
0: What was the thing we've been saying all playoffs? Don't pick against the best quarterback in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I have to go with that here. Uh Bucks are a good team. They're a really good team. Uh Brady's Brady's been outstanding this whole season. Um I just can't pick against Mahomes. And well, it's not even just Mahomes. Like, I, I think when you've got this, this, this quartet here of, of Mahomes, um, Kelsey, Hill, and Reed on offense, that's unstoppable mm-hmm. altogether. And then on defense, it doesn't even matter who your star players are. You have Spagnola, who's, who's just an outstanding defensive coach who made Josh Allen look like old Josh Allen in that AFC championship mm-hmm. game. Uh, I just don't see how they're going to get beat. Uh, Obviously, Brady can go toe to toe with Mahomes. Uh, he he's done it in the past, and he's Tom Brady. He's done it with everybody. But like like we've been saying all playoffs, man we shouldn't bet. We shouldn't pick against the best player in football, and that's what Pat Mahomes is. He's going to have a great game, and uh, I I think they're going to repeat.
2: Yeah, that's me. I, I'm picking the Chiefs as well. I don't want to pick against Patrick Mahomes, um, but it's it's just hard for me to to imagine that offense getting outpaced. And I think their defense is good enough to do some things against uh, against the Bucks. And God, I just I I really don't want to hear all this stuff about Brady if he were to win another one. <laughs> you know what I mean? He
0: cemented his legacy for the twelfth time.
2: Yeah. Cool. Awesome.
0: Yeah. It's <laughs> like after
2: the <laughs> NFC Championship game, he threw like three picks in the second half, and they were like, "Oh my God, this dude is the greatest."
0: I mean, look, he cemented himself as one of the best all time, like. 15 years ago <laughs> right? 10 years ago like you don't how many times can you like how much how many layers of cement are we putting down on his legacy this yeah, i just i want something else to talk about yeah well if only he could hit the the cliff and nosedive afterward like like peyton manning did oh uh, yeah Oof, that's bad.
2: and speaking of picks i've recently partnered with tally site to bring you guys some really good insider pick information uh, tally Sites launching kind of a, a, a new a new subscriber base where you're going to get unlimited access to all the betting and analytics and rankings for every expert in the NFL, college football, NBA, college basketball, and pretty much all the major sports. Uh, not to toot my own horn, but I was the number one most accurate analyst out of 367 on picking the over-under on NFL matchups this season on Tally sites. So... Uh, if you follow the link in my Twitter profile, and I'll also I'll copy it on the on the bottom of this show description as well, uh, you will get all this access for nine ninety nine for three hundred and sixty five days, the whole next year, including through all next football season, uh, rather than thirty dollars. So you'll get twenty dollars off of that deal, and you can also go to that link. and If you find it, there's a uh, there's the promo code Jake so look for that in my social media posts. I'll, I'll link that again for you guys. But that would be a great deal for you guys to take advantage of. I'm really excited for that that partnership. So you guys uh, you guys should be getting some pretty primo advice from me and, and a bunch of other experts out there in the field. That is all we've got for today's show, everybody. Please remember to subscribe to the show and rate us on iTunes. We can be found on iTunes and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Be sure to follow the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Colts, and me personally at JakeArthurNFL on Twitter and Facebook, as well as JakeArthur underscore on Instagram. Zach is on Twitter and Instagram at ZachHicks2, and be sure to follow his written work on Stampy Blue and Cover 1. If you guys have any questions that you'd like us to answer on the show, please, of course, send them to us through email at TheLeaveInColts at gmail.com, or respond whenever we send out the call for questions on Twitter. This episode was brought to you by Bet Online and Just Live. If you're interested in advertising on Believe podcasts, please contact them at Believe.com. If you're interested in advertising on this show specifically, just shoot us an email. Thank you again to Kyle Raposa for joining us this week. You'll hear from Zach and I again next when we bring you more Colts topics and just talk about the latest happenings of the team. And as always, we'll bring you some really great guests. Have a good one.